Hi there, it's Amy Carlson, the Toxin Terminator, and I have had the privilege of working with Rachel Varga since I believe about July. Rachel and I met through a mastermind that we both belong to, and let me tell you, she has got the most beautiful skin I have ever seen from anyone. And if I was going to trust someone with my skincare and helping me develop that beautiful glow, that beautiful radiance from inside, it was going to be Rachel Varga. She is the walking example of doing exactly what she says. She's walking the walk and talking the talk. I was able to do a one-on-one -on -one consult with her, and I loved that she listened to my needs and my concern. As a plus 50-year-old woman, I knew that aging was something I needed to worry about. I knew that because of the things that I had done when I was younger, I certainly had been causing damage to my skin. And I also knew because of some of the products I had been previously using on my skin, I was also causing damage to my skin. She listened to my needs. She looked at what I had going on currently. And she also listened to my needs of wanting a more holistic approach to really taking care of my skin as I continue to age. And that was super important to me that she listened. Now I've been using her products now for at least the past 30 to 45 days. And I can see a huge difference already and know that there's still more forthcoming. I, I trust in the products that she has given me. I trust and the science behind what she does. And I trust in Rachel and I know you can too. Thank you. Hello and welcome to today's episode on the Rachel Varga podcast. This is going to be a really neat episode because I'm sharing one of my favorite tips and tricks for basically helping me organize my life and tapping into my greatest potential using some of the wonderful modalities that are available to us today. So today we're going to talk about optimizing and aligning our inner state using ancient wisdom tools to allow us to become our most beautiful, radiant, and sovereign self. I'm going to tell you a little bit about our guest here today. Nadine is a business and leadership consultant with Deep Gras, the Celtic word for love, the Gaelic word for love, rather, for Celtic wisdom and methodology. Since 2006, she has been running a coaching and leadership development practice and has coached athletes and senior leaders run leadership development programs across different sectors. She's lectured and spoke spoken at international organizational events and ran, ran weekend retreats with day workshops to facilitate and answer the call to purpose. So Nadine is one of my favorite people. I have worked with Nadine now for almost over a year, and she's really helped me discover ways that, you know, I can best integrate with my surroundings and kind of roll with the seasons and know when to kind of like push and also when to withdraw back into self. And the reason that I want to share this is just to kind of give you insight into you know, really kind of what's helped me. This one will get a little bit, a little bit personal, which is kind of neat. So welcome and thank you for joining us today, Nadine McCarthy, all the way from Ireland. It's a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Rachel. It's so good to be here. And thank you for that really overwhelming introduction. <laughs> so this is going to be a really neat call because we are also going to be talking about a leadership tool called Theory U from MIT. 
And so if you're like me, we want a framework. I want to know kind of how to do this, that, and the other thing with the well-established framework. And we all know MIT is, you know, one of the, the leading educational faculties putting out some pretty great things for us. So tell us a little bit about Theory U and MIT and how it integrates with your work. Sure. So my work with MIT is, I'm re, but you know, I've been working with it as the backbone of my work since 2013. And in a nutshell, it is um, a methodology that supports systemic change. So change to happen at the level of the collective. Uh, that could be your system could be an educational system. It could be an organization. It could be a country. So we're talking big and we're talking deep, which is what I love. And I always go to those places, the, you know, the, the places that kind of the source level of why things are broken or why things may not be working the way that we would want them to as a collective, as a global community. Um, and for me, Theory U was just such a powerful transformative methodology to bring back to Ireland initially and do work here around changing particularly the education system here and also working at how I can bring leadership capacity forward at a national level here in Ireland. So I had never come across a methodology quite as deep and as systemic really taking in uh, voices of stakeholders from across all the systems to affect change that really works for as many people as possible, as opposed to a siloed approach where it's just kind of for one person. I love it. And we just had a live comment come through here from Taylor. This is good info. So ready to listen to Nadine. Wonderful. Oh, and Hi, Taylor. one of the cool things about what you do, Nadine, is you help people optimize their state also. So it's not just like a leadership tool and a structure for change, but we can use this both personally and professionally. And yeah, I'm gonna be really raw and honest with you guys with how I use this. Obviously everyone who's tuning in knows that I love to talk about beauty and radiance. And one of the incredible things about the work that you do is you work with so many people all over the world. You see the transformations in people's state. So, Nadine, what do you observe about Radiance with your clients and their state of inner and outer beauty and Radiance? Because you cannot get this stuff from a cosmetic cream or a rejuvenation treatment. This is the inner stuff. So in today's episode, we are diving into the mind, spirit, and energy. However, all of those different aspects blend into also optimizing our physical state as well with our thoughts and all of that. So, Nadine, I would love for you to expand on the state of inner and outer beauty and radiance with us. Sure. I think it's a, that's a, such a brilliant question and so important, I think, particularly in these times. For me, my work personally, for me, um, and then how I show up with my clients is really an inside out job. It's always an inside out lens. And the most powerful tool that I have come across and used and developed is managing your state and working with your state. So how we are on the inside, how we think, how we feel shows up in 
how we act and how we behave. So there's a being element that precedes the doing. And one of the interesting things, just from an outer radiance perspective, that I notice, particularly when I work with one-to-one clients, because it's very intimate, whether it's online or previously physically face-to-face, is that I'm watching and observing as a coach their state and how it shows up on their face. So, you know, how do they look when they come in? Is there heaviness to them? Is there a are there, you know, are there, you know, are they, is there a furrowed line in their brow as they speak? You know, how, how do they show up? And what I have noticed and what I kind of think is the alchemy of a session for somebody is when you begin to see their eyes glow and that heaviness and the burden lifted from them. And that comes from having a space to process, a space to be deeply listened to, a space to get clarity on the way forward. And in some ways, the work that I'm always doing or the intention that I always have is to align the person back to who they truly are. And when we're in that state of being, then we can access that deeper inner flow or rhythm that we have. And uh, in some ways, speaking to what you said about mind, body, spirit, spirit flows, the energy flows uh, from that place. And it is so obvious on the face and the skin and the eyes of the person that you're with. I think that is just beautiful. And to sort of expand on that, what are some of the practices that your most radiant clients are doing, both personally and professionally? Sure. To pull that thread forward a little bit more on statefulness, I think the what I notice brings the most radiance. And when I say radiance, I mean that vibrancy, that sovereignty, that alignment with, with soul, with who you are, with who you were dreamed to be, what you're here to do. Managing your state and being paying attention to your state is what my most radiant clients are doing. So it's being able to have awareness of how you are, um, what your thoughts are, what your feelings are, how your energy is. And some of the key work that I do is helping people alchemize the moments that they're in so they can optimize their state. So it's not about trying to bypass what's going on for us, but it's about knowing that actually we can have almost two worlds living side by side. We can still access radiance while still processing grief or carrying some heavy burdens, that there's an opportunity to work with. It's probably a core tool, I guess, around polarities is being able to manage polarities and being able to integrate two states at the same time. So I think that is, for me, that means that I can... Like right now, my dad has hasn't he hasn't been well for weeks, and so and he's been in and out of hospital at a you know at a time when it's challenging to be in hospital um, when you know COVID is around as well, and I have been so proud of myself in some ways to say that I'm you know I'm living the the work that I'm practicing the work that I'm also sharing and. I have been able to hold some of the heaviness of uh, what's going on for him and some of the uncertainty and unknowing 
about his future and his physical health with emerging opportunities and gratitude and being able to live still in alignment with my own spirit and live that on a more moment by moment basis. And I think that's that's hugely powerful to be able to weave or balance or integrate to opposing what seem to be two opposing states at the same time. Lovely. And just expand on this. What are the different states of being? What is polarity? Because polarity, duality might be a new term for some sure. listeners here. So just expand on that briefly. Sure. Well, if I go into it from a, if I explain it from a polarity perspective, I think that in some ways I can give a visual demonstration with a gesture in my hand, which is like an embodiment of it. So it's like the infinity symbol on its side. So like the figure of, sorry, it is the infinity symbol, like the figure eight on its side. So you've got, you know, you've got, you've got the opportunity to weave two different states at the same time. So they can sit alongside each other. So it's not about having an either or, it's both and. And the work that I do around what I've termed, the term that I've coined around it is statefulness, is that we can occupy and step into these different states at the same time and still optimize the moment that we're in. So I think the state of being for me is so much from a, an energetic perspective and how we can influence our energetic state to then influence how we think and how we act. So it all happens from an inside energy perspective first um, and that we, we have the power and control to manage that and optimize that in any moment. I think that's beautiful. And when we do that, what happens is we take ourselves out of that sympathetic state, which is like that high beta, stressed out, got to get stuff done, do this, yeah. do that, that, and yeah. more into the parasympathetic state, which is the more relaxed state where your body is able to, you know, better recharge its batteries, if you will, and rejuvenate. We had a lovely question come through here. Yes, managing polarity, the aspect of duality, good, bad, what you mentioned with your with your dear father not doing so well health-wise. I mean, that is definitely a stressor on your state. But then mm -hmm. also allowing yourself to be able to then celebrate yourself with some of the other lovely things that are happening in your life. We had a comment come through from Taylor. Yes, managing polarity. What is like a good mental self-care strategy that you can share with us? Sure. Well, I think the ultimate mental self-care tool is being in nature, is walking in nature, connecting with nature. I often think that, you know, nature reveals our own true nature so when we're in nature it supports us to connect with our own true nature and where I do my best work or even thinking and creativity I mean I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit later but you know the Celtic leader program was practically all dreamed in nature walking with nature and working with nature and so there's a couple of different ways of doing that um, but that for me has been the most powerful, transformative. And I think for me, nature is, she's so still. 
And, you know, she has spent years in stillness and kind of steeped in her own essence and being fed through her own life force. And so when we step, I often call it walking the land, you know, like being out on the land, walking the land, let the land inspire you, let nature reveal uh, an answer to a question. You and know, that's you can in Imram, right? In yeah, in Celtic terms, we would call that an Imram. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I mean, there's lots of def- different definitions of it, but um, the way I define it is rambling with purpose. So you know, you go out. You might go out as you know, as Tiffany said, you might go out with looking for mental self care. So you might go out with a question. You know, I feel very. Oh, sorry, not Tiffany, I beg your pardon, Taylor, Taylor, um, that you go out with a particular question um, and you just walk in nature and let nature speak to you. And walking the land is, for me, is, you know, is bringing that life force back through your body and up into your energy system. So that's the main one. But um, of course, the other tools like, you know, mindfulness and meditation um, and being present, you know, like actually doing what you're doing, being in the task or in the moment that you are is uh, so liberating because there's no effort. It's just you are doing what you're doing. You're listening, you're, you know, whatever you're doing, you're doing. So you're fully in that. Lovely. You are very welcome, Taylor, for answering your question. And, you know, I practice what I preach right after this interview here with you. Nadine, I'm actually going to be going into the woods with one of my best friends, three hours out of cell reception, no sounds of humans, traffic, airplanes, nothing. And this is actually something that, you know, if you guys have been tuning into the podcast here for some time, this is something I actually have to do every week as a self-care, mental health physical, mental, spiritual, energetic state practice to realign myself. And it's, uh, it's definitely a weekly practice that I have to do. So why is working with a leadership tool like Theory U from MIT helpful for working with our purpose, our life's mission, our life's work? How does it give us a framework? Sure. Um, well, I think for me, what drew me towards Theory U was like everything I read about it kind of lit my cells up. Um, the language was very resonant, but also very accessible in a leadership context, but still had that depth or spirituality to it without using that word. Um, I think also working with the leadership tool like Theory U is that it places an emphasis on the inner inner state, inner condition or interior condition. And that actually when we shift that or when we shift our own consciousness, that it's only then that we can really truly shift consciousness in the system. And I think that's really unique because so much of the external work that's done in terms of change management or um, trying to change systems is done without consciousness, it's done without awareness. It's done without a focus or a practice on the facilitators actually being responsible for their own state and that our level of consciousness is what actually creates change in the system. And that's so powerful. Also, one of the other things that feels really important to say is that the methodology of Theory U supports 
us to understand how the future can come towards us and can actually emerge through us. So we are potent, sovereign beings. And in the Celtic terminology, I would speak to that, I suppose, in terms of, you know, our dream time. We have a dream time uh, phase in our calendar and in how we work or how our ancestors worked. And that is how the future can come to us and emerge through us so that we can step into our soul's work, so that we can actually live aligned with our purpose and do the work that we're here to do. This is a perfect segue into my next question for you. Alignment of body, mind, spirit, and energy for optimal radiance can be assisted with being in alignment with the seasons and understanding the essence of them. So I had actually planned out my entire year and the summer of 2020 was going to be spent at home, enjoying nature, spending more time with my loved ones. And funnily enough, I wouldn't have been able to travel anyways. So what I did intentionally was actually just plan out what season I really wanted to be present in and enjoy and and all of that. But I would just love for you to answer this question. How can we utilize the seasons to help us align our body, mind, spirit and energy? Yeah, great question. So I feel very fortunate that one of the most powerful and enduring tools that has been passed down to us here in Ireland with our indigenous wisdom is the Celtic calendar. And I say that, but it's not widely known here in Ireland. And that's part of my purpose is to bring the Celtic calendar into a relevant contemporary frame so that it can be used for leaders and business owners to step into their own purpose and to do the work that we are here to do, and that is so needed in the times that we're in. So being in alignment with this season is, I guess, if we come at it from the Celtic calendar perspective, which is across 12 months, but it's got eight seasons in it. And each season has its own life force, its own energy, its own essence. And when we tune in and slow down to align with the rhythm of the season, we can use the power that's in the season to drive change or to emerge into uh, our purpose. And that's how I use it. It's used really as a methodology for change, for growth, for development and for emergence. Do you see this impacting the radiance of certain clients when you see them working within this model and the shift in seasons? Yeah, sure. I think there's 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 a remembrance, a recognition that there's another way to be, there's another way to live, there's another way to lead, there's another way to act. And it by slowing down to tune into the essence of each particular season. You know, even if you just think of it so simply, it's like if you just think about how nature is, you know, we're coming in the northern hemisphere now into the dark half of the year and the leaves will be shedding and the trees will be bare. So we'll be entering into a season of loss, of uncertainty, of darkness, of letting go. 
and we make space for the new to come. We make space for the seeds to come and to be nurtured and to grow. So when you, you know, just think about nature or think about the life cycle of a tree, we can so easily tune into what the different seasons are and what they bring. And that has been my work, I suppose, is to um, is to be able to integrate that wisdom in a contemporary way so that the people I'm working with can actually have agency to create the kinds of change that they really want to enable in the world. Mm -hmm. We just had a question come through here. Someone who actually left a live question, they would like to get their hands on a Celtic calendar. Where can they get one? Um, there is a, uh, what? sorry, it might just went blank for a moment. There is some, there is a beautiful Celtic calendar with the seasons illustrated on it by uh, the organization. The company is called Native Circles. Um, and the lady who has designed them, she has a few different ones, but there's there's a, she has them in print form. So you can buy a print of the calendar. And she also has a wooden um, calendar. So the calendar, the Celtic calendar is in a wheel. So it's presented in a circle and we move around the circle and there's a, a you know, there's a dark half to the circle representing the winter cycle. And then there's a light half, which represents us moving into the summer and stepping into our full power and stepping out into our sovereignty. So uh, I would recommend, yeah, checking out Native Circles. How can we weave the seasons with our schedule, both personally and professionally? Well, I think there's... Uh, okay, so obviously there's you know, just in terms of what I said there by, by, you know, even tuning in ourselves to what season that we're in or what season we feel that we're in. Because I think just going back to the polarity piece, often we can, you know, going back to the, you know, this idea of the infinity symbol or the figure eight on its side is that we can very often feel like we are in what we would call in the Celtic calendar, Samhain, which we're coming up to now, which is all around Halloween. And this is actually the beginning of the Celtic year. So we began our year in the darkness. And there's an opportunity to tune in even to see where am I? We you know what kind of season do I feel like I'm in now without knowing the, the, you know, the finer details of the Celtic calendar and how to integrate it. We can actually pause at any moment to say, you know, how do I feel? Do I feel like the do I feel radiant? Do I feel like I can step out? Do I feel I'm in my full power? Which would be more like summer solstice when we step out and we're radiant and we're stepping into our full potential. So I guess without diving into the, you know, the details of the indigenous wisdom or the calendar, we can just very simply tune in. We can look outside our window and look at what's going on in nature um, and mirror that and see what is nature showing us? What is nature uh, revealing to us and how can I live in alignment with that mm, that's so beautiful tell us about being in rhythm I love this word rhythm with mm. the seasons both personally and professionally and how have you seen it help others navigate difficult times oh, there's so many different examples of that um I 
you know, what's coming to mind is, you know, the most recent uh, course of of the Celtic leader where students came through that program. And because I'm ramping up now for a relaunch of that program, I was rereading some of the testimonials and some of the feedback over the last few days. And one person had shared in her feedback that being in rhythm with the seasons and using the seasons in polarity, knowing that you can be in full summer sun and feeling like you can step forward and take a project forward while also feeling the uncertainty of COVID, which we would, you know, mirror with Samhain, that beginning part of the Celtic calendar, uh, that that helped her to be able to hold and navigate the challenges of this time. So I think there's something about being able to use the seasons and integrate the seasons for optimizing your own state, no matter what's going on. And then there's an opportunity to be in rhythm with the season so that you can actually use the essence of it as a as an alchemizing factor, as a factor for agency, because the work that I'm really interested in, and I guess what my purpose is, is to help other business owners and leaders to fully align with who they were dreamed to be and to step into that purpose and have the power and the capacity and the sovereignty to step forward in to lead that work and to create the future that we all deserve and that is needed. I definitely do want to talk about dreaming, but first I would love for you to just kind of expand on the diagram of theory U from MIT. Describe the U and what that what that uh, is symbolic of. Sure. So there are so the U, as you just drew, is a U and it's a beautiful symbol for what the actual journey of the U is. There are many components to the U, but to explain it most simply, I'm just going to talk about it in three distinct stages, which are the main stages, although there are more within each of the stages. So if you imagine that you start on the left-hand side, as you would with the U, and you go up the right-hand side, so that's your full, that's your journey. And just picking a few place, like kind of placeholders, placemats along just to kind of explain it to you. If you imagine that at the top of the, at the beginning of the U, so as just before you drop down, that is representative of your current reality. And on the opposite side, so at the ending of the U, at the other top side of the U, is your desired future. And what most people do and what most society, you know, what most change is about is trying to get from your current reality to your desired future in a straight line, in a linear way, as quickly as possible so that we can get results and that we can get into action and we can drive and strive and all of those kind of unhealthy masculine, um, which is not about being male or female. It's about having these elements, these principles, these, this kind of way of being that is accessible for, for, for us, whether we're male or female. So what the U does is it allows you to drop deeper. So even the difference between that and this as a gesture is probably quite revealing already. Um, but if I talk just briefly through the three stages of the U, the first stage of the U is to observe 
observe, observe. So it's so important. It has to be said three times. And that is the first stage. And it's about stepping back from up over underneath your, you know, the current situation that you want to change or you want to bring change about in and observing that from your own perspective, but also from as many stakeholders as you can um, possible so that you're gathering in different voices and really understanding what is going on here. What's the current reality, not just for me, but for as many voices within the system as I can possibly listen to so that that begins to shift our awareness and our consciousness of what the current reality truly is, as opposed to what we might think it is. And there's various tools and techniques to, you know, to enable that. But probably one of the biggest ones is and most powerful ones is listening, is being present and really listening to what is what is alive in the current reality, where the problems are, where the challenges are, where the dreams are, where the future wants to emerge. And then the bottom of the U is what's called retreat and reflect. So it's about having space and creating conscious, deliberate space to process uh, what you've heard in the observe, observe, observe phase and to create space for the future, for the highest future, for the highest potential future for all to make itself known. And one of the core capacities here that MIT and the theory you talk about is presencing, which is such a beautiful leadership capacity. It's a blend of two words, which is being present and sensing. So presencing. So when we presence the future from the bottom of the you, we sense what the highest potential future for the collective good, for the good of all the stakeholders is. And this is also, I suppose, where we move from what MIT or what theory you would call an ego system, where we just think about the good of one silo or one person or one aspect. And we move from ecosystem to ecosystem, which is about the collective good of all, including yourself as well. So that's the bottom of the use. So that's the retreat and reflect. And from that deeper place of listening and presencing the future, like what future wants to arrive, what future is wanting to be born, then you move up the right side of the you into acting in a moment or acting in an instant. So this is where we create the future by doing. We move into prototyping, which is also, you know, in some in some terminology, kind of like a pilot program or a beta launch where we try to create a microcosm of the future that we want to create as quickly as possible while holding the whole system. And then we learn and we get feedback and we iterate and we journey back around the U again. So I hope that was okay. I hope that gave a, a good sense without being too detailed. That was perfect. And mm -hmm. Before we started recording, we did a little, you know, we set an intention for today's call and I pulled a couple things. And so if I'm going to give another example of another way of looking at the you blending the feminine and masculine, like you mentioned before, you gave the MIT description of theory you, mm. the top could potentially be the wisdom of the divine feminine and then dropping down into 
almost like a second ray of, of wisdom where you're kind of thinking about, okay, what's going to happen next? I have this idea here. How can I get a little bit more insight into this? And then the other top of the end of the U is getting into the power of the divine masculine, which is more like action and, and launching. So mm. wisdom, getting a little bit more wisdom and then action. So it's different than that linear approach, which yeah. is kind of neat because even things like polarity in our world, mm. things are, are changing, they're evolving and, and we need to find ways to adapt and be able to integrate. So my last question for you, by the way, what's your take on that? Uh, I, I was, I was going to say, I'm going to have to go back and say to her what I think of that. I think that's beautiful. Um, and that is, in some ways, I think that's the deeper calling of our society. I think that's the deeper calling of our global crisis. It's the emergent highest potential future is how can we integrate the wisdom of the healthy feminine or the divine feminine, as you called it, with in right action so that when we take action it's from that deeper knowing that source dimension of what's really right what's really wanting and needing to emerge here and that is again you know going back to the polarities it's that beautiful weaving it's that beautiful dance and balance of not one or the other but both and and my final kind of the final piece just to say about that in terms of what you've described, which is a beautiful way of describing it, is that the being precedes the doing. So the journey down the left side of the you into the divine feminine or into the healthy feminine aspects of being, of listening, of waiting, of being open, of dreaming, of receiving the dream is then powered from that deeper place. And that's why we can have agency. That's how we can move forward with healthy in the healthy masculine or in the divine masculine because it wants to take action then from that source, that source deeper wisdom place. Yeah. So thank you. That's a beautiful way of saying it. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about dreaming. So we touched on Imram, which is being in nature and just kind of going with the flow, letting the inspiration come to you, walk where you kind of feel like you want to walk, go down this path, go down that path. But tell us a little bit about dreaming and how we can utilize it to optimize our body mind spirited energy mm. well in the dream dreaming is aligned in the celtic calendar with the winter solstice so what happens at winter solstice is we we arrive at the darkest point of the year we arrive at the darkest point in ourselves and we completely surrender and we completely let go. And that is the divine feminine. It's the absolute beingness and trusting that what happens in the winter solstice then is that the spark of the divine masculine, the seed of the new light penetrates the darkness. So in Ireland here, we have a, a, an ancient site called Newgrange. And our ancestors built it for the winter solstice so that in the internal tomb, in this monument, the winter solstice, the sunrise is aligned with this particular monument, Newgrange, and the light that returns in the depths of winter is like a seed of light for the promise of 
the return of the sun, but it's also the dreaming. It's the seed of the dream. So because we've emptied out in the darker part of the year, because we've let go, we've surrendered what no longer serves us, we've looked at um, those patterns that you know, either no longer serve us or serve humanity, then the seed of the light, the returning solar light that is born in the darkness of the winter solstice comes in. And for me, that's representative of the dream. It's the dream of the new. It's the dream of the future. It's still very fragile. It's, you know, it's the first return of the light, which is representative of the divine masculine or the healthy masculine. But it's still very fragile. It's still building in strength. So we take the seed of the dream and we begin to nurture it through the rest of the seasons and then on into the seasons um, to grow to grow it, but do that through discernment and through focus and through being really clear about what our dream is. What is our vision for the future? And it's in the in the moment of the Celtic calendar or in the Celtic leader program that the highest potential future. And we have a word for that, which is Ashling, which is directly translated is actually a poetic vision of the future. And it is in the winter solstice that the ashling the poetic vision of the future the highest dream of the future is born within us and it's from that point forward then that we begin to use the rest of the seasons to nurture it to grow it to strengthen it and so that in the in the lighter part of the year that we can step out and own that and lead that and shine in that lovely So do you have any closing words for us? If you have any insight into how we can sort of optimize our state so that we can be our most beautiful, radiant versions of ourselves. Oh, I feel in some ways what's just coming up for me is I I, I feel like I'm going to just reiterate what I've already said. Um, So maybe I'll just make those few closing remarks. And if something new pops in and emerges in the moment, then I'll I'll add that. So to be our most radiant, vibrant, aligned selves is to really step back into connection with nature and to work in rhythm with her and to allow her to guide us and to direct our way of being. And as we do that, we notice that our state becomes more calm, more clear, more focused. And the effort and the tension or the stress of the doing falls away and I just am reminded in the moment of uh, one of our great now deceased but one of our great poets here in Ireland um, a poet by the name of John O'Donoghue he wrote just before he died apparently these were some of his last words um, in poem form and he spoke about let me just gather my my thoughts for a moment so that I hopefully can re-quote him he said I would like to live or something like I wish I would like to live my life as a river flows carried along by the surprise of its own unfolding and I think 
that describes rhythm and flow and the potential of how when we drop into our being and allow ourselves to access that deeper source dimension within us, that the, the flowing forward, the doing happens in a much more powerful, organic, natural, rhythmic and aligned way with ourselves. So, yeah, I think that's that's a wrap for me. <laughs> Beautiful. So, Nadine, where can people learn more about you and reach out to you and learn more about this theory you methodology and all of that wonderfulness that I've done with you actually sure yeah thanks Rachel so um yeah the website is nadinemccarthy.ie and the Celtic leader is uh I am just redesigning it for this year's program so last year's program and content is still live there um, but by next week, it, the, the site will be, this year's program will be up and you can find that on uh, thecelticleader.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, mm-hmm. Nadine. And it's just great for our listeners to get a little bit uh, insight into um, some of the frameworks that I like to employ to keep my body, mind, spirit, energy sort of balanced and optimized through statefulness, which you described very eloquently. So thank you for your beautiful words. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that beautiful description of the you as well. I will, that will be a big takeaway for me. So thank you, Rachel. My pleasure. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. And please let me know what you've learned from this interview. Make sure you reach out to Nadine if that this message resonated with you. Because this is just a helpful, another helpful resource. I just like sharing resources to help you guys out. Um, and you just kind of can pick and choose from some of the interviews that I'm doing what's going to be most helpful for you. And I just absolutely love Nadine's voice and it's so calm and peaceful and I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you taking the time to listen and be calm with us for about 45 minutes or so. So if you'd like to learn more, please reach out to me at rachelvarga.ca. Obviously, I'm a big fan of helping people optimize their skin and rejuvenation, but this is definitely something to add to all of the different pieces of the puzzle that you're already doing. So what's the state of your internal health, right? Making sure that you are working with your physician to optimize what's going on there. If you think you have a health issue, please make sure you reach out to your physician as what's talked about here is not medical advice, it's educational information. But if you have any questions about skin and sort of like the practical skincare rejuvenation, just book a one-on-one session with me at Rachel varga.ca the podcast gets into a little bit more of the body mind spirit energy faculties and states and all of that so this is just a great adjunct to uh, working with me one-on-one so i hope you all have a lovely rest of your day and until next time we'll see you in the next episode right here on the rachel varga podcast